0: Man, this year's uh, U.S. election has been crazy. I don't know about you guys, but it's been a little crazy. I've been watching it, and it's been interesting and testing. Uh, Typically, uh, on the election night, the result is made known. And I envision in my mind that, okay, on Tuesday night or Wednesday night, our time, we would know who the next president would be. Uh, leading the United States, but until today, this morning, we still do not have a clear winner yet. We create visions. We envision certain things, but oftentimes our visions, when they are kissed by reality, we need to readjust them. The 2020 has kissed our visions with reality. Uh, some of us envision to travel. But with the reality of 2020, we have been caged in some of you envision to graduate with your graduating class but 2020 kissed that vision and you have to graduate virtually i've talked to students who've told me pastor i i i, I want to go back to class I'm, I'm tired of being at home that's because you envision to go to class and 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 be with your classmates, the teacher standing up and teaching you different lessons. But 2020 kissed that reality as well. Uh, you envision to expand your business to another location and open up another store somewhere. But 2020 kissed that vision with the reality. And instead of you expanding, you have had to remain where you have been. Oftentimes, when reality kisses our intended vision, we have to revision the original vision. Or we have to refocus. We, we have to change. We have to uh, replan. We have to redirect. A revision calls us to see things not as we desire, but as reality demands. A revision asks you to let go of your dream, the dream that you saw, and contemplate on the reality of the moment. I would like to contend and argue for the next four weeks based upon this premise. That we must let go of the desired vision and contemplate on the demanded vision. Because it is in the demanded vision where growth is going to come. It is in the demanded vision where profit is going to come. It is in the demanded vision that you will see things that you have never seen before. And so if you stay with me for the next four weeks, I want us to revision 2020 not on our desired vision, but based upon God's demanded vision. If you stay with me, I promise you that you're going to see a new vision of God. You're going to see a new vision of what God intends for your life. You're going to see a new vision of what God is inspiring you to do. Whatever has happened in 2020, believe you me, is what God has envisioned. But the question is, what is it about 2020 that God has envisioned for you? So I want to begin this series, Revision 2020. Uh, and I want to co- com- commence it beginning in Job chapter 1. And I want to contemplate and I want to read verses twenty to 22, just the last three verses of, of Job. And I'm reading from the New King James Version this uh, morning as my choice text. And there the text reads, Then Job arose and rent his mantle. That's his shirt. And shaved his head. And fell down upon the ground and worshipped. And said naked came I from my mother's womb. And naked shall I return thither. Mm. Naked without anything without a possession. I came out of my mother's womb. And naked shall I return thither. Now listen to this part. The Lord gave. And the Lord takes away. Got to get comfortable with that, that the Lord can give and the Lord can certainly take it away. Job recognizes that the Lord gave and the Lord hath taken away. But notice what he says, in spite of God's giving all taken away, he says, blessed. Hmm. (laughs) Ah, That's going to be good, y'all. That's going to be good. Just, Just wait. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Allow me to impress your frontal lobe with the idea, Revision in Difficulty. Revision in Difficulty. Can you just join me in saying, those of you here in the room, Frankie and Gunn, can you just say, revision in difficulty? Thank you, team. I appreciate that. And I want you to say right there, revision in difficulty. Let us pray. Mighty God, your moment has come. Your weekly appointment has come. And I pray, Lord, that this appointment but truly lift us up because we definitely need you right now speak to our hearts lord and at least help me to be able to translate what you have given to me this week to your people give me confidence give me clarity give me conviction in jesus name i pray amen and amen If you've been watching the U.S. elections, you have really seen that incumbent Donald J. Trump and challenger Joe Biden are neck to neck. It's so close right now. Now, the Republicans represented by Donald J. Trump, they know that certain states are allegiant to the republican party they know texas is not going blue it's going to stay red they know alabama louisiana uh, kentucky and missouri kansas these states will remain red the democrats they know that states like california new york oregon New Jersey, those states are going to remain Democrat. Now, when the candidates are campaigning, they will stop in these allegiant states for the purpose of simply campaigning and and trying to buy one or two votes or trying to get a few votes, but they know that it's not really going to, they're not really going to flip the state. So what they focus on is not the allegiant states but what they focus on is the battleground states. And this year's election uh, gave us several battleground states. Wisconsin was a battleground state. Michigan was a battleground state. Pennsylvania is a battleground state if you're following the, the elections. Nevada and Arizona. These are Battleground states. In fact, Georgia, Georgia, <laughs> I can't even say it right, is a battleground uh, state. Now, what is interesting is that the allegiance states are immovable, like a statue, but the battleground states are like a wave that depend or are moved based upon the vision that each candidate presents for the country and for the nation. And so people in battleground states will listen to each candidate and figure out, is the vision that the candidate is presenting going to benefit me and my family and my plans? And if the vision is beneficial, then they will flip their allegiance to that vision, to that candidate. And so in the passage that we read, We have Satan trying to present his best vision to try to flip Job from an allegiant person to a battleground person. In other words, the story of Job is Satan's attempt to flip him from God's side to his side. And we pick up the story in verse number 7. Where God probes Job with a question. And this is a question that God probes Job with. And I'm reading from the King James Version. He says, and the Lord said, whence comest thou? Now, for the, for the simple reason that this question and this conversation is even happening is an amazing thing. Because even though Satan is not perfect, he can still engage with the perfect God. That's another sermon for another day. Notice what uh, Satan responds to God. Uh, He says, I have been going up and down the earth. He says, from going to and fro in the earth and walking up and down on it. God's question is a question of intention. And he's asking Satan, Satan, What is your intent in coming to me? And his intention is this. I am here to tell you that I have the allegiance and I have the dominance of everybody on earth. You see, Satan is able to walk north, south, east and west on this planet. There is no room that Satan cannot enter. There is no house that Satan cannot enter. There is no office that sa- Satan cannot enter. There is no bar that Satan cannot enter. There is no vault that Satan cannot enter. Because Satan has the has the dominion over this planet. And when he comes back to God in this text, he is telling God, God, I have flipped the whole world to me. Everybody is on my side. I have dominated everybody. Everybody looks at me. Everybody follows me. Everybody does what I'm asking them to do. I am the king of this castle. They are no battleground states. They are only allegiance states. I am leading everybody. I am walking all over everybody. And I'm in charge of everybody. And I want you to know that that is how Satan believes and sees himself. That he's in charge and that he's in control. He is leading this world. And truly, I believe that Satan has power. And that Satan has some control. But God challenges Satan, Satan's claim of allegiance and, and dominance and and claiming that everybody is on his side, that he has flipped everybody. God says to, to, to Satan, he says, Have you considered my servant Job? As the original practically reads like this. Have you placed your heart on Job? You know, when something is in your heart, it means that it is important. It means that you focus on it. It means that you pay attention on it. God is saying to Satan, "Have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, an upright a, a perfect man, and an upright man, one who fears God and turns away from evil. Have you considered him? You see we we market the things that we have confidence in. And right here, Satan, uh, right here God is marketing Job to Satan. He is saying. Have you considered him? Have you checked him out? Because he hasn't been flipped he is not a battleground state he is an allegiance state state of god he is on my side have you paid attention to him and i'm wondering this morning can god market you can god present you can god market your uh consistency can god market your diligence can god market you as a studious person can god market your morality can can god market your family can god market your your company can god market your prayer life can god market your finances and how you manage them can god say of you you are faithful can god say i can count on this person you see brother and sister i want you to understand this morning that god is interested in people that he can market. God is interested in allegiant states. God is interested in people that are totally sold, that are totally bent on God's side. God is interested in people of, who he can say. This person I can back him up. This person, I know who they are. And I wonder this morning, can God truly market you? Are you marketable this morning? Are you something that God or someone that God can see that this person truly has profit? When God judges your life and he looks at your life, can he say, yeah, this person, man, I can count on them. The good thing is here, God could market Job. God could market Job. He he saw that Job had market value. In fact, it was not a depreciating value; it was an appreciating value. And there are two things that, uh, four things essentially, God says about Job's market value. He he says there's none like him in the earth, so he was he was different. And he also says that he's a perfect man. And he's an upright man. He fears God and he turns away from evil. I don't have a lot of time to dig into all those, those points. But let me just comment on a perfect man and our an upright man. God is not saying that Job was sinless. God is saying Job was blameless. Now if you consider carefully the word blameless, you discover that it was a, it was a term describing the sacrifices that the people of Israel brought to the temple. And that is, they were to bring animals that did not have any blemishes. They were perfect as far as human eyes could tell. In other words, they were to bring the best of the best. And so when God says Job is a perfect man, God is saying, Job gives me the best of the best. Job gives me his best time. Job gives me his best talents job gives me his temple job gives me his treasure i am first and best and last in job's life when job is thinking about who to give his money to he's thinking about god first when job is thinking about where to open his business, he's thinking about God first. When Job is thinking about where to move his family, he's thinking about God first. He's giving God the very best. And you and I can do the same thing today. We can choose to give God the best. I call giving God the best our GQ. Not talking about IQ. I'm talking about GQ, your God quotient. That is your God intelligence. That is, you live your life not not to, to, to reach a certain standard but you re- you live your life because you want to please God in everything in your life. The text says that Job was a perfect man. He was an upright man and this is talking about a person who is, is honest. Uh, what you see is what you get they tell you a they do a they tell you b they do b and it is emphasizing job's relationships it is emphasizing job's interaction with people around him and and so job had also what i call according not what i call but how darius daniels puts it he had rq he had relational intelligence. That is, he had proper skills to interact with the people around him and i'm here to tell you a very simple truth that your christianity that your spirituality must centralize itself in two things your gq and your rq your gq how you relate to god and your rq how you relate to people and if you can only decide today that i'm gonna put a little bit more attention in my gq and i'm not talking about The 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 brand, the fashion, if I put a little bit more in my GQ, meaning I'm going to decide, I'm going to make it up in my mind that God is going to get the best of me. Then I'm telling you, your market value with God is going to go up. And if you tell yourself, I'm going to deal with people the right way the best way that I know how, I'm going to be real. I'm going to be true. Then I'm telling you that your market value, your spiritual market value is going to go up. But too many times we neglect these things. And I want you to understand something that when the text is is describing Job, as a perfect and upright man, it is not talking about what Job does. It is talking about what, who Job is. It is talking about his character, his personality. And that's why God is saying he's a perfect and upright man. And so when we want to increase our spiritual market value, we need to say to ourselves, Lord, I want my character to be changed. I want my character to be transformed. I want my character to be different. I don't want to be the same anymore. And because of Job's market value, spiritual market value, God could market him. And if you want God to market you, you know what I mean? You got to level up. And I believe that if you can only get to that place, then you're going to see things differently. Your vision of what God is trying to do for you, your vision of what God is trying to accomplish in your life right now is going to change because you're going to be- begin to see that life is not so much about what I have. Life has to do with what I become. Now, you see, what is beautiful here is that when, when, when God markets Job uh, to Satan, Satan challenges God's claim by asking a question. He says, "Hast thou hast hast not thou made an hedge about him, about his house, and about all that he has on every side? Lord, you have put you have put a fence around him. You have fenced him in." Now what it means is this, we shouldn't miss this, what it means is this, that when Satan was going around the earth and patrolling the earth and seeking people to be on his side, looking for battleground states to flip on his side, it tells me that he had made an attempt on Job's life. So when he, he tried to flip Job, he began to see, wait a minute, Job Has a fence around him. Job is protected. Oh I'm glad. That God protects us. I'm glad that when the devil comes to attack us. He's able to say. Oh my goodness. I cannot touch this particular person. You have to praise God. That when Corona. Wanted to attack your body. It found a fence. You have to praise God when. When people wanted to black your blacken your name, they found offense. You have to praise God when somebody was trying to work on the doorknob of your car and try to get in and steal from you, they found offense. You have to praise God when somebody tried to destroy your friendship, they found offense. You have to praise God when somebody tried to destroy your relationship, they found offense. You have to praise God when somebody tried to destroy your marriage, they found a the fence. You have to praise God when somebody tried to destroy your kids and harm your kids, they found a the fence. You have to praise God when somebody tried to fraud you from your hard-earned money, they found a the fence. And I'm glad this morning that when the devil tries to attack us, he doesn't find, find a place that is open. He finds a place that is guarded. Because when you have been on or when you are on God's side, You are protected. And here the devil says, you have put a hedge around him. There is a fence around him. I can't get through. And I'm glad this morning that the devil can not get through because the reality is this. The difficulties you face are a fraction of the storms that Satan is planning for you. What it tells me is that as a child of God, whenever I'm in difficulty, when things are not working out, I am only experiencing a little bit of what I could have been experiencing had God, had had Satan been let loose to work on my life. And this morning we have to understand that the devil is interested in wrecking our lives. We have to understand that the devil is interested in, in making life difficult. But God is so good that in spite of the difficulties, he has put a fence around us. And the little difficulties are simply mosquitoes <laughs> that are biting you. They are not venomous snakes trying to take you out. And so this morning you have to praise God. That God, though the devil tries to attack me, yet I will not be destroyed. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Though he tries to slay me, yet I will. I will still stand strong. Yes, I will dwell in the presence of of the lord and because i dwell in the presence of the lord he's going to put a shade of protection around me. therefore i'm not going to be destroyed and that's the goodness of the lord and i want you to see 2020 like that that it has been difficult but brother and sister hear me it is only a fraction of what it could have been those difficulties you're having at home are only a fraction of what it could have been The difficulties at work are only a fraction of what it could have been. Your your financial troubles are only a fraction of what it could have been. Your health problems are only a fraction of what it could have been because God is that good that he protects us and he looks out for us and i'm here to encourage somebody that you might be feel you might feel like god has abandoned you god has left you that god is not on your side but i'm here to tell you the good news is that god has a fence around you and that is reason enough today to say praise the name of jesus Oh man i I'm glad this morning I'm glad now, 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 now you see, I need to know something that the devil is an expert in flipping battleground states he he He's an expert in flipping people to his side because we we know that he was able to flip Adam and Eve to his side. They were perfect, they had no sin, but he was able to flip them to his side. And so he looked at job like this guy he's a, he's not perfect he has temptations he struggles with anger he struggles with he struggles with with different things he's not like them so it's gonna be a cakewalk but when he tries to flip job, job doesn't flip job stands strong he had a heads around him of course so 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 I want you to understand that. Satan was flabbergasted. And that's why when God is saying, have you have you considered my servant Job? He's like, "God, you you have put too many resources around him. He he's swimming in an ocean of resources. I can't touch him. I I can't compete. If you just allow me, I'm telling you that I can I can compete and it it is the very same thing because Job's Job's staying on the side of God reminds me of of Jesus Christ because in the, in the, in the wilderness, there, in the, in, 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 in the wilderness, after being baptized, Jesus is driven, uh, to the wilderness by the Spirit of God, because God couldn't market Jesus. He's, he's driven by the, the Spirit to, to the wilderness, and there the devil comes to try to flip him, but Jesus does not flip, and he tells the devil consistently, I, I he, the devil tries to challenge him consistently. He says, if you are the Son of God, but Jesus left the water that day knowing that he was a child of God. And so he had no reason to doubt that he was truly a child of God. And therefore he could not be flipped because he had placed allegiance to the side of God. And I want to challenge you with this particular statement that Satan can't flip those who place allegiance to be on God's side. If you tell yourself, God, no matter what, I'm going to follow you. The devil cannot flip you. If you tell God, you, if you tell, if you make that commitment that even if I lose my health, I'm not going to leave God's side, the devil can't flip you. If you make that commitment that if I get fired, I will still stay on God's side, the devil cannot flip you. But some of us are being flipped by the devil because we focus so much on the difficulties. We focus so much on the struggles that the struggles challenge our or challenge our assessment of God's commitment to us. That is why the devil came to Jesus and asked and and told Jesus, if you are the son of God, but he was the son of God. And the greatest thing that the devil tries to do to you, Putra, is to convince you that God doesn't love you anymore. The devil tries to get it in your mind that Maybe God has left me. I mean, things were good. Things were working out. But now things are so difficult for me right now. But you see, like some of us, we have pledged, I will always use Samsung. And when you go to Cocos, you do not even look or sniff Ibox store. You go to the Samsung store because you have pledged that I always use Samsung, Android, until the day that I die. Some of you have pledged, I'm going to use iPhone and Apple until the day that I die. So you do not even sniff the Samsung store or an Android store. You go to iBox. And, and, and that's what you and I need to do when it comes to our faith in God. We need to say, I pledge allegiance. We need to say that I'm going to be committed to God no matter what. Like Ray Bolt sung, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb. With all my strength, with all I am, I will seek to honor his commands. I pledge allegiance. And God needs people who are willing to say, I am not a battleground state. I am not going to be flipped. I have decided I am on team God. Come hell or high water. Satan continues his argumentation against God. He says you have not only put a hedge around him. You have blessed the work of his hands. And the substance. And his substance is increased in the land. God you have. Job can't be touched. He is untouchable. He is on another level. But I suggest. Just put forth your hand. I suggest just touch him a little bit. I suggest that if you just mess up his life a little bit, he will curse you to your face. Now here is something fantastic I need you to see. It's interesting to me that in the original, the word blessed in verse number 10 and the word curse are the same. The word is Barack and famously uh worn by Barack Obama. It means to it means to bless, but it can also mean to curse. So the devil is saying to, 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 to God, God, I know he's blessed right now. He is on the good side of Barack, he is blessed. But just change his dynamics, like just mess up his life a little bit, like like just make it hard for him. Just make his business hard. Just bring disease on his family. Just, just take away his wealth. Just, just do something to make his life change and not be normal anymore. I, I pray. I know. I know. I know. I know. He's going to curse you to your face. He's going to move from blessing you. He's going to move from seeing you as good to him and he's going to curse you it does that's satan's dynamic in fact he is making this claim god you are buying his allegiance because look he asked does job fear god for nothing the word not there simply means to work without compensation it seems it simply means to work without getting paid satan is saying god i bet if you change his dynamic he's gonna curse you to your face because he is not allegiant to you for nothing so God is saying Satan is saying you are his allegiance is based on advantage his allegiance is based on what you give him but just take away what you give him he is going to curse you to your face and basically this is what Satan is saying this is what Satan is saying you have secured his allegiance by advantage, and I want to to agree with Satan to a point that God does secure our allegiance by advantage. But I I want to I want to cross Satan's proposal and say like this: God secures our allegiance by advantage without taking advantage of us. Mm, that's good. <laughs> you need to treat that God. Secures our allegiance by advantage without taking advantage of us. You know how it is. You know how it is. You, you want to get a new product or you want to subscribe a, to a subscription online, whether it is Apple Music or it is Spotify. They always give you one month trial. Then they say to you, after one month trial, you have to pay a monthly subscription or yearly prescription. You know how it is when you must join a club or a gym, you must pay a membership fee. God does not ask for a subscription fee. God does not ask you for a monthly fee. God does not ask you for a membership fee. God paid the subscription fee. He paid the membership fee by the blood of Jesus. He paid for it. And so the advantage that God secures is that He tells us, "Ah, you, you don't need to pay me." I just need you to take advantage of this because I want to advantage you. And so here what Satan is saying is like this. And here is where the story of Job should really tickle your mind. Because we think of Job as a man who suffered. We think of Job as a man who lost it all. And it's true. But that is not the story of Job. The story of Job is this. Is God buying allegiance or is he doing us good? Is God advantaging us because we really love him or is God taking advantage of us? And if Satan could make this claim about God, then he could say, You see, world, I, Satan, decided to rebel against God because God is not who he claims to be. God cannot be trusted. God is a liar. That is why God, that is why Satan is making this claim because he wants to say God is not a right judge. And so the story of Job is not a man who suffered, but it is about a God who either loves us truly or he loves us because he wants to get something from us. And here God, the, the devil is saying, let's see if, if Job, We'll still make a good assessment about you after everything is gone. There are people that they stick by us as long as they're getting advantage by us. But as soon as we lose our wealth, as soon as we lose our influence, as soon as we lose those things, they're going to disappear like rats because they no longer get it. And so God is saying, God is saying to himself, God is thinking to himself, this is a difficult situation for me. This is difficult because I will have to subject my son, Job, to a trying moment. But I must do it because it is the only way that I can, I can vindicate my motives, that I can vindicate my intentions. And so we need to step back. When we are facing difficulties, we need to understand that they are heavyweights fighting a battle that is bigger than us. You know how it is when you go to watch a soccer game Gunn. When you watch a football match, you realize that there are levels at the at the stadium. Uh, you have people that are playing on the field, the players. Then you have the fans that are watching the players. But then you have what we call these these uh, uh, luxury boxes, where the owners and the heavyweights and the big shots in in life there they watch the game. It is the heavyweights, the the owners, that get to decide the stadium. It is the owners that get to decide if the fans can come. It is the owners that get to decide who is going to be playing. And therefore, I need you to understand that you and me are players in a game that is bigger than us. You and me are players in a game that is above us. You and me are in a game that is above our pay grade. God and Satan are fighting. God and Satan are at loggerheads. And, and, and the thing is, you and I are the playing field. It plays out in our life. And so the struggle, the difficulties that you face are really not about you. They are about who is right. Is God right? Or is Satan right? Some of you have been praying. To ask God to do things in your life. But it seems that God is not answering. It's not that God is not answering. And I want you to remember the story of of, of Daniel in Daniel chapter 10. There, Daniel prays to God. And when he prays to God the text says that the angel gabriel was sent directly to answer his prayers because when you pray to god god wants to answer your prayers right away but so daniel is praying and 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 the angel gabriel uh, listen to this portrait the angel gabriel is is directed to help uh, daniel but The angel Gabriel meets with the prince of Persia who is being masqueraded as Satan himself. And because of Satan's power, Gabriel cannot go to help Daniel. And for three weeks, the text says that Daniel did not have an answer. I need you to understand that some of the answers, the prayers that you're praying and the answers that you're not hearing, is not because God doesn't want to answer you. is because the devil is getting in the way and you can tell me pastor i thought god is powerful yes he is but the reality is this because of adam and eve's choice giving up dominion of this world god had to give satan playing time god had to give satan the ability to flex his muscles and though god is powerful though god is mighty though god is strong he allows satan to play in this world and sometimes satan's plays and satan's plans get in our way but it does does not mean that God is not powerful. It does not mean that God is not strong. It simply means that God is moving according to the change dynamics. And that is why you and I need to revision our difficulties to see that there are bigger issues at play. It's not just about me. It's really about God and what he's trying to do in my life. And so uh, Satan continues his proposition to God. He says, "But put forth thine hand now, like put it, put it out, and touch all that he hath, and he will crush you to your face." A hand is is a sign of power. It's a, it's a sign of of, of strength. And so God, Satan is saying, "Just touch him a little bit. Just just mess him up a little bit." Satan is suggesting to God to be the means to bring difficulty in Job's life. But God says to respond to Satan. He says, I will allow you to bring difficulty in Job's life. But I'm not going to be the means by which the difficulty comes. I'm not going to be the one who's going to bring the difficulty in Job's life. Because all that he has is in your power. And I need to understand this morning that none of the challenges that you face are because of God's power. They are because of Satan's power manipulating and working on your life. Do not blame God for the difficulties that you have because God does not bring difficulties. The difficulties are in the hands of God. And that is why the question should not be, Lord, why me? Because it is not God doing that to you. The question should be, Lord, how can I make it? Lord, how am I going to survive? How am I going to, to, to make it? How am I going to cross this chasm of, of challenges? I don't have money. I'm sick. My family is in tatters. My business ain't working now. Lord, I can't travel. I can't see family. Lord, how am I going to make it through this castle? I am alone, Lord. I've been praying all of this time. I've been looking out and and asking and praying and fasting and doing it all. Lord, how am I going to make it? That is the question. It's never why am I going through this. It's how am I going to make it through this. Because you understand that the difficulties are not the hand of God. They're the hand of Satan. Satan is the means in which the difficulties come. And that is why I'm here to tell you. You have to revision the difficulties because it ain't God. It ain't God. And the good news is this. God gives Satan control of what you have, but not your life. How we Sabbath could say amen, man? That's just a beautiful point right there. God gives Satan control of what you have, but not your life. Notice what the text says all of that he has is in your power but don't touch his life but the problem with us what we have what we do is our life i I remember back in in college i used to say with my friends ball is life because i said without basketball life has no meaning and for some of us travel is life without travel life has no meaning for some of us money is life without money life has no meaning. For some of us, it's our influence. Without influence, life has no meaning. For some of us, it is our jobs. Our jobs, without them, life has no meaning. For some of us, it is our families. Without our families, life has no meaning. But I'm here to tell you that everything that you have, everything that you do, the devil can touch it. Because God has given him jurisdiction over those things. And the, the sooner we learn that we need to differentiate between livelihood and life, the better we're going to be for it. When you are facing challenge, you need to understand that there is a difference between livelihood, what you do, what you have, and your life. So if you have lost a job, a job is Livelihood. But you can lose a job and still be alive. If you have lost a partnership, a partnership is livelihood. And you can lose livelihood but still be alive. If you have lost a relationship, a relationship is livelihood. You can be without a relationship and still be alive. If you have lost friends, you can still live. And that is why God is selling Job, Job, Satan, Satan, you can touch it all. But just don't touch him. Don't touch his life. And I'm here to declare to you and tell you that God has given Satan permission to touch anything and everything that you have. But your life, your life cannot be touched because God. Is a life giver because God is in charge of your life. And that is the good news this morning. I am not worried about coronavirus. I'm not worried about sickness because those things do not affect my life. I may lose my physical life, but praise the Lord that I have eternal life. And that is life. That's why Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. If you lose your life, you're going to have it. And so God says, you can touch it all. Just don't touch his life. So Satan went to work, man. Job's oxen were stolen by the Sabaeans. His sheep were burnt up. His camels were stolen by the Chaldeans, the Babylonians. And these things came intensely. As he's hearing the news that the oxen are gone by the Sabaeans, news comes that the sheep have been taken by a fire from God, an act of God. As he's hearing that the camels are gone, uh, the sheep are gone. He hears news that the camels have been taken. Job's, his whole livelihood. I'm talking about his business. I'm talking about his wealth gone in a day. And as he's processing this news, the worst news of it comes. And it says, his servant comes to him and says, Job, your, your kids were in, in the house. They were having a party. I don't know what happened. There was a storm it hit the house on the four corners and the house has caved in your 10 children, seven sons and three daughters are gone. They're perished. And if you study the text carefully in chapter one, Job's kids are mentioned at least three times. What tells me is this, that Job was not so concerned about his wealth, but he loved his kids because he would pray for them after they had parties. He would be, he would be on his knees for his kids But they're all taken away. Basically everything that Job has, Satan took it away. He lost it all. He lost it all. But you see, when God is life, then difficulties become manageable. Because what I love about Job's response is that he focused on who who was his life. The text says Job rose up. You can rise up too. In your difficulties. You can rise up in your struggles. You can rise up as well. So Job rose up. And it is a choice to rise up or to lay down. Job rose up. Because God was his life. Right? God is life. Not his kids. Not his what he had. But he rose up. And The text says he he like like culture in those days because even when God is life, it can still sting. You can lose your business, it can sting. Lose a job, it can sting. Lose your family members, those who you love, it can sting. And, and that's the reality of it. God never says I will not uh, you will not go through struggle, but God says in the struggle I'll be with you. And so here, Job is facing like we would all face. He's heartbroken. He is hurt, but he rises up. And he could have said, God, why did you do this to me? But Job does not defy God. Job chooses to rise up. Then he goes down on his knees. He goes down on his knees. And what it tells me is this, that he decided to rise up and focus on God because God was his life. And the text says he worshipped. And I want you to understand, it's not that he started singing hallelujahs and kumbayas and God is enough. That's not what is happening right here because in the original, the word means to bow down. And when you bow down, it simply shows and, and declares that you recognize that somebody is bigger than you. You recognize that somebody is higher than you. And God realizes, Job realizes, I can rise up, but what can I do? I am lower than God. And therefore he he bowed himself because he understands that I'm lower than God. I don't understand why I lost my oxen. I don't understand why I lost my sheep. I don't understand why I lost my my camels and i don't understand why i lost my family but i know one thing that god is higher than me he knows better than me he can see better than me there is no nothing in my heart that is going to be proud at this moment i don't understand it but i'm going to submit to god i'm going to call on him because that is it brother and sister you never know why you're facing what you're facing Job didn't know. We know because we're reading the story. But Job didn't know. And therefore because you do not know. There is no reason in you to be proud. To get angry at God. But it's that moment. When you are going through difficulty. That you need to bend your knees. And ask yourself. God please I don't understand. But I will still follow you. God it don't make no sense. But I will still follow you. I'll still continue on. Because God still favors you. When the difficulties surmount. Let me put it this way. When Job goes. And embows himself before God. This is an act that Ruth did as well. When Boaz allowed her. To glean from his field. Because Boaz was showing her favor. And so. Job's act in going before God, he recognized that in my pain, God still favors me. (laughs) It may well be that the fact that you are facing difficulties is not that God doesn't favor you, but in fact, it's because he favors you. We need to revision, (laughs) I told you, revision difficulties. Because we see difficulties as a bad thing, but in reality, (laughs) it can be a good thing. Because God could simply do be, be, be using you as his marketing strategy. And so when it's hard, it doesn't mean that God has left you. When it's hard, it means that God is with you. God is still for you, and God is fighting for you. Oh, I wish I had time. I wish I had time because time is going, is going, is going. But allow me to say a few things so I can land this thing nicely. See, the word worship is put in a nuance. Uh, In the original, we, 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 it's using a usage. We call it an imperfect usage. Uh, What it, what, what that means is this. It it describes an action that is ongoing. It describes an action that is not completed. For for example, when the Bible says, and God created the heavens and the earth, that's a completed action. It was done. It is finished. We call that a perfect action. But here, the, the, the usage of the word worship is in the imperfect. What that means is it's an ongoing action. What it tells me is this. In the difficulties that Job was going through, revision and difficulties, is that he was continually submitted to God. He didn't understand it but he was still submitted to god for however long it took he was still submitted to god it might take one year it might take two years it might take a month it might take a week but however long your difficulty is you need to continually submit to god however long your difficulty is you need to say god i'm going to follow you god i'm going to trust in you god i don't understand it but you are with me and you haven't left me you don't need to know why you face difficulty you just need to know whose side you're on. And Job was on God's side. Here's a text. It says, Job said, and naked I came. Naked I came. I don't have everything that I have. And I didn't have it when I was born, but I got it. Because God was blessing me. And the Lord has decided to take it away. It's, it's no longer mine. That's what you need to know. That whatever you have. Whatever you do. Is what God has given you. But Job focuses on the Lord. The Lord. The, the Yahweh. The self-existent one. He, The one who has life in himself. Uh, Ellen White says. In Jesus is life original. Underived and unborrowed. Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Job is saying, I don't have everything, my livelihood, but I have the life. I have the self-existent one. And as long as I have the life, and as long as I have the self-existent one, as long as Jesus is in my corner, I will make it through my difficulties. And that's what I need somebody here to know this morning. That as long as Jesus is in your corner, you're going to survive. As long as Jesus is in your corner, you're going to make it. Because Job understood something. That even though he was blessed before. That he was rich before. It's only in the difficulty. After it was over. That he was able to say, I had heard of you. <laughs> I heard of you. That's a man who was praying. Who was perfect. Who was good. But after hearing, after going through his difficulties. He revisioned God. He says, now. I see you. And I want somebody here to see God today, to revision God today, to see him again uh, today. You see, you can choose to either be an allegiant state or a battleground state. And God wants us to be allegiant states, not battleground states. Uh, God wants us to be on his side because he's on our side. The devil wants you to be on his side. And he wants you to follow him, but he's not leading you the right way. But with God, you're going to survive. With God, you're going to make it. Today, somebody needs to be a to God. Needs to commit themselves to God. They need to say, God, I'm on your side. Even if the difficulties come, I will not lose you. nor leave you. I love you with everything that I have. I'm not giving you my best, but today I want to start that. I've never given my life to Jesus. Today you can start. and In fact, you can study with me. You can study with the pastoral team. Pastor Johannes is here. We have, we have a team. We have guys who can help you to know Jesus. You can start today. You can just get in touch with us. You know the details right there at the bottom of the screen. Just, just get in touch. We want to help you because this God is really who you need. And I pray that God will strengthen you and bless you. That in the, in spite of your difficulties and challenges, you will make it. Every head is bowed. Every set of eyes is closed. Let us pray. Father God, thank you that in spite of difficulty, you are still there. And we want to ask you in a special way today that you'd inspire us. That you transform us. That you lead us in the right way. The devil wants to flip us on his side. But Father, we want to be on your side. God's side because that is the winning side thank you for your love lord and thank you for your care in jesus name i pray and for his sake amen god bless you see you again next week